You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Broadcasting, recorded from the Vivid Seats studios. Use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First time customers only. If that cricket doesn't stop chirping, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) Oh, Jiminy, I will destroy you so hard. When I first came downstairs, he was all quiet. Because he's like, oh no, there's somebody here. Now he's like, I do what I want around here. I know you can hear me talking. Yeah, we're going to have a problem. That's all right. That's all right. Anyways, today we'll do a little bit of a uh, a recap. If I just knew the general direction he was in. I would throw something really hard. I'm not cruel to animals. I just want a little respect is all, you know? A little decency in my own house. I don't come to your outside and start screaming in your face while you're sitting around. I don't know what they do. (laughs) That, That would make for a pretty funny day, though. Just follow a cricket around the yard and just scream at it. See, this this is the reason... I need you guys to step it up on Patreon and tell your friends about this podcast because I need to get to the point where I can make enough money that I can work from home and then follow crickets around and scream at them. Like if I needed if I needed that time, I had that time. Now I got to go to work. I don't have time to find this cricket and scream at him. Just get into like a yelling contest. He starts chirping, then I start yelling at him. Like, how do you like it? Bet he wouldn't like it. But anyways, um... Definitely felt like week one yesterday. If you play fantasy football as I do, um, I either had certain people on my team that scored 40 points, 30, 40 points, or I had a quarterback like Cam Newton score nine points, or somebody else that guaranteed he's the week one starter and he doesn't start until the first guy breaks his leg because there's 75,000 injuries in week one. Then he starts to play but only manages... 4.2 points or whatever nonsense. It's a frustrating day. And with week one comes a whole lot of overreaction, including by me. I tend to see things and, for example, the Falcons are trash. was not very happy with the output from the Falcons. The fact that the Minnesota Vikings were able to cobble together 0.7 yards and managed 14 points. Because, oh, I don't know, blocked kick, fumble, interception, whatever. Falcons got to get their stuff together, man. Anyways, we'll get into all that. And we'll see what time that leaves us and uh, whatever we decide to do after that will be just fine. Boy, he is full-throated. He's just got a lot to talk about over there. Has not stopped, like, at all. She's not interested, fella. Keep it down. Anyways, let me tell you about the the fantasy football season a little bit. Because for those of you that play, we got a lot of ways to win. Because over at FanDuel... They got more ways to win cash prizes and once-in-a-lifetime experiences during every single game every single week. If you haven't played FanDuel before, new users get $20 inside credit. If you deposit $20, dala fadala. There was a lot learned yesterday. For example, I made a very good decision picking up Hollywood Brown 
except for the part where I didn't play him and the part where that was the Miami defense, and he would probably never do that again in his career. On the other hand, I also had Austin Eckler, who had about 40 points. I'm feeling pretty good about that situation. If you picked up Melvin Gordon, maybe you drop him. Either way, the good thing about daily fantasy is that you don't get locked into these bad decisions. You pick a new team every week. It's much more flex- flexible. You don't have to worry about all these injuries, of which there were plenty. And you got many chances to win millions of dollars. Sign up for FanDuel now and get $20 in total bonuses. Just make your first deposit of 20 bucks to get started, and you'll get an extra $5 inside credit every week for four weeks. Go to FanDuel.com slash DFS Fantasy or download the FanDuel app. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, so I threw something in a general direction, kind of over in that corner over there, thinking maybe he was over that way. He's been quiet for a while. I don't think I hit him, but I might have shaken him up a little bit. Now he knows I'm serious, you know, not playing around. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to freak out. It's just a cricket. It's just a cricket. So anyways, first of all, I didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked. In fact, I got so frustrated with the Vikings game, I said, you know what, I'm going to go downstairs and start recording a podcast. Not this one, but um, my NFL draft podcast. I wanted to do another uh, breakdown video, but I wanted to either do wide receivers or corners, and the All-22 film is still not working. Uh, Game Pass, as much as I do like having it, is not the greatest product in the world. It constantly has issues, and it seems to be giving issues. Maybe they're just not going to have All-22 for that game. I don't really know, Um, but that's a little bit frustrating. Hopefully that doesn't keep happening, because I'm going to need that. Because I can't watch corners, and I can't watch wide receivers, and I can't really evaluate Aaron Rodgers if I can't see what's going on down the field. But anyways, what I did get to see from that Vikings game, well, it was kind of a tale of two things. Because everything that I watched was showing me that the Vikings cannot run the ball. I never saw them run the ball well. However, I must have missed all the really good runs. Because Dalvin Cook, 21 carries, 111 yards, 5.3 average. And the announcers kept saying it. They kept talking about, oh man, the run game is great. And every play I saw, they were getting blown up in the backfield. So kind of a tale of, of, of two teams here um, because they, they the bottom line is I think Dalvin Cook and I think the run scheme and even this Alexander Madison possibly, it, it's kind of a, it works and it's a, it's a good running back. And the, the problem is the offensive line just is kind of garbage. And on several occasions, the Falcons just blew things up so badly, the run game just didn't work. But when it worked, it worked really well. I mean, it, it must have. Because literally every play I saw was was a gain of about zero, several loss-of-yard plays. And then they still managed 5.3 and 5.4 yards. Even Amir Abdullah on his two carries had four yards a carry. So they must have, I mean, just from the plays I didn't see, they must have been averaging about seven yards per carry or something crazy to compensate for the plays that I did see. Um, I, I Overall, I just was not super impressed with the Vikings. Again, it must have been just the parts that I... Because I didn't see any of the turnovers. I didn't see the block punt. I must have just seen the bad spots. But I did consistently see the Falcons fail, and that drove me nuts, and it's why I walked off. So, 
a couple of, of observations as far as our meeting with them next week. The, the best part of it is that us playing Thursday gives us a little bit of extra time, and it's at home, so we've got a lot of time to prep. Um, the Falcons, or excuse me, the Vikings are running basically the exact same offense as the Packers. I noticed the what I'm calling now the crisscross offense, which is the primary play, which is the running back going one way and a tight end pulling and going all the way across the formation. Again, this is a new offensive coordinator who is implementing the same kind of outside zone kind of stuff, but apparently beyond that, it is the same kind of offense. And, and the benefit for both teams is that this is what you practice for. The defense is practicing against this kind of offense, and the, the, you know, the offense is going to be very well equipped at preparing the defense for stopping this kind of offense. So it's a, a benefit as well as a negative for both teams. And that's why sometimes it's a benefit to be the one odd man out, right? If, if, if you got three teams that are running a 4-3 defense, it's kind of to your advantage to be running a 3-4 defense because it's what the, the team you're going up against is probably less equipped at understanding and, and is not as used to seeing. But I really think the, the, the Vikings, I thought they looked pretty good. The defense is not as good as the Bears' defense. But it is a good defense. I thought the pass rushers looked solid. Uh, Daniil Hunter looks, you know, he looks fast, man. He's, he's a good football player. Um, Kirk Cousins obviously is a much better uh, player than Trubisky. The, the, the problem we're going to have is this is not going to be necessarily a situation where you get a little bit of pressure and it's the play's over, right? Trubisky had no ability to make anything happen um, once the play kind of broke down. Cousins probably can, and he did yesterday. Not to mention he's got much better wide receivers, so there's probably going to be people open, probably at a much higher rate than the Chicago Bears were able to muster. So the bottom line is the offense is going to have to pick it up because I don't think we're keeping the Vikings to three points. Although, I'm thinking that if our defensive front is able to get four sacks, I think is what we had, against the Bears' offensive line and a mobile quarterback like Trubisky, man, oh man, at home, I mean, it, it's gonna. We're gonna wreak havoc, and if if we can't, that's gonna be a real big problem. And that's the thing. The the pass rush, as good as it was, it has to be on point against the Vikings. The Vikings' offensive line was terrible. Garrett Bradbury, that everybody was bragging about, their first round draft pick, and, and look, he might be a very good uh, player, but we've seen it before, and I I constantly talk about it, and it's not everybody. The Bears nabbed a couple of early round interior guys that that panned out, but. There have been several guys that go early that there is just a massive amount of hype for, and he's super athletic, which is great for the outside zone scheme, but he had a botched hand, uh, snap that I saw that went for almost a fumble, and every time I saw him, he just got absolutely wrecked, and the bottom line is he's going up against Kenny Clark. Grady Jarrett is no walk in the park, but I can tell you right now, Kenny Clark is also no walk in the park. He's going to get wrecked. So, you know, it's one of those things where, the Packers' defense is going to have some major wins, but this is also an offense that can just rip your face off. Right? Dalvin Cook can absolutely gash you for a massive gain. Kirk Cousins and these, these wide receivers can absolutely gash you. So, again, the defense needs to have some wins and probably will have quite a bit of wins, but the offense has to be better if we're going to win this game. Because I, I think this is a game where both both... I think the Vikings are going to get up into the 20s, so the Packers are going to have to be high 20s, low 30s. The, the offense has to be clicking. That's my expectation at this time. Um, I do look forward to going back and doing some film study on that. I'll probably start that tomorrow if at all possible because I want to get some more videos up for the, the Pack Daddy premium page. Again, if, if, uh, if the patrons 
want to get in there, you should have a link in your email. And if you didn't, or if that's not your email anymore or whatever, reach out and I will get it to you and I'll get you in that Facebook group. Uh, the next week after that, we're playing Denver, and Denver hasn't played yet, so I don't have any thoughts on them. The next week after that, we're playing the Eagles. Um, it's really hard to tell because it's a week one effort, but if this is in any way indicative of how things are going to go, even though they did win and it was 32 points and it looks like a big blowout, I don't think this was overly impressive. First of all, the, by the end of the first half, it was 20-7 to Washington. The game should not be 20-7. to For the Philadelphia defense, which should be a very good defense to give up 20 points to the Redskins, who have zero weapons outside of maybe Geis, I guess Vernon, who's incredibly old but still able to do stuff. But still, you, you've got a top defense. This, this shouldn't be happening. And for an offense like that to get seven points, not great. Now, they came back and scored uh, 14 points in the third and then another 11 in the fourth, only giving up seven more points. So, again, it ended up being okay. But essentially what happened was it looks like uh, Carson Wentz basically was able to hit Deshaun Jackson over and over and over and over and over again, and Washington just didn't have an answer. And that's nice to get you a win whenever you need one, but being able to manipulate a team who just doesn't have an answer for one thing is not going to get you very far. Now, I'm still very concerned about the Eagles, there's no question. I respect their defense and their offense, but they're going to have to be a little bit more creative than hitting Deshaun Jackson. The Packers do have a good amount of speed. Uh, the safety group is pretty talented, so they'll be able to t you know, take that away probably a little bit better than the Washington Redskins were able to. Not saying he's not going to have a game, because he could still have an impact for sure, but um, you're going to have to do a little bit more than that. The defense, as I said, wasn't all that impressive. They did do a good job of shutting down the run, which is unfortunate because the Packers are struggling with that right now. But as far as pressure uh, against the Redskins offensive line, which is mediocre at best, looks like they only had one sack on the day. But again, it's, it's week one, so it's kind of hard to tell what exactly um, you could learn from, from a, a game like that that is just kind of wonky, where the Redskins were basically trouncing you, and then you come back and destroy the team primarily by just hitting Deshaun Jackson over and over again. Uh, our next game is going to be against Dallas. Um, Dallas looks pretty good. Um, I was ripping Skip Bayless for getting overly excited about a win against the Giants defense, which is just a garbage defense. But they do look good. I mean, that offensive line is, is ferocious. And I have a feeling this is going to feel like playing the Dallas Cowboys a few years ago, back when we saw them in the playoffs. I mean, that was a very good team. And you got Amari, which is going to be similar to Dez. Right? It's going to be that similar kind of thing. I know Randall had a good day, but I think, you know, I think a lot of it had to do with a bad Giants defense. There was a lot of really big plays to guys that are just kind of meh. And the Giants just had no answer for anything. Fact of the matter is, the Packers have much better pass rushers than the Giants do. The Packers have a much better defensive front to be able to stop Ezekiel Elliott than the Packers do, or than the Giants do. Packers have better corners, and the Packers have better safeties. Now, it's still a very good offense, and the the Cowboys' defense is no joke. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. This is not going to be the best offense or the best defense we're playing. Um, well, it, it might be, actually. It, it, um, the, the Vikings and the Eagles are kind of in contention. The Cowboys may be a better offense than them. I think they're guaranteed to have a better offense than the Broncos and the Bears. But it's not going to be the best defense we go up against. So hopefully by this point we've got a good enough offense to overcome this, this Dallas Cowboys defense. Again, this is going to be in Dallas. 
which one of the things I, I didn't necessarily bring up that I should have is the fact that we beat the Bears on the road. And I know it goes kind of without saying, but that was a big problem. And that was a big hurdle to get over. It wasn't the prettiest win in the world, and the offense didn't look all that great, but the Packers could not win on the road to save their lives. This is week one, new scheme, on the road, new coach, Chicago Bears defense, and the Packers pulled it out, so pretty fantastic. But yeah, that's going to be a tough game. Um, Detroit Lions, that, that was actually kind of a fun game. I um, It's hard to gauge a lot. I thought the, the Detroit Lions defense looked good in certain facets. It's hard to tell how much of this was the Detroit Lions defense just completely falling apart and how much of it was this uh, Cardinals offense actually starting to come together and and being somewhat impressive. And, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those things similar to a lot of these other games. You don't really know until we kind of get going, right? We may find out later that the Chicago Bears are just garbage and their defense actually isn't that good, and it turns out that the Packers are just terrible, and that's the only game we win all year, right? I mean, that's an extreme, but I'm just saying could also come to find out that the Bears are like the second best team in the NFL and the Packers beat them because they're the best team in the NFL. We don't know what's going to happen. You got to see multiple games or, you know, as teams sort sort of morph and you can't really compare one team to the other because you can't tell, you know, did, did maybe that maybe the Giants are a really good team and the Cowboys are going to be the best team in the human history. I You don't know, but I think that one being at home so far, I'm pretty confident in that just because I think the, the Detroit Lions are... The Cardinals' defense is not very good, and they were able to get several stops on the Detroit Lions, and um, I think that, that they proved to be beatable on that front, and I think if you've got a rookie quarterback and you know this, this sort of college schemey thing that doesn't usually work in the NFL was able to kind of take over the game and come back and get a tie, which should have been a win, man. Tremaine Brock, who kind of got to the point, I mean, he had a great play earlier on that um, saved him from a loss. But uh, he could have closed that thing out and won the game for him. But anyways, I'll take a tie. Because right now, it's the Packers and the Vikings who are tied for first place in the division. Tied for first place in the NFL right now. With the Bears a game back and the Lions a half a game back. But a few more specific uh, observations from the Lions. TJ Hawkinson did have a pretty good day. Um, He kind of looks like he might be for real. Again, we don't actually know yet. Uh, Tracy Walker, which is a guy that nobody's been talking about, but I've been mentioning because PFF gave him in the elite grade last year, um, which is kind of weird because, again, you know, you got a guy who got an elite grade, nobody seems to be talking about the guy, and it's kind of weird, and he came up with a real big pick. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on because that makes a big difference. If if they have an elite free safety on their team, that, that changes a lot. Um, if there's a silver lining, however, on the the defense – because they, they did have a very good performance along their defensive line, but their uh, rookie Jelani Tavai didn't look very good. So that's 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 always nice. But some stat lines here. Uh, Stafford, 27-45, 385 yards and three touchdowns. It's a heck of a performance. Again, Cardinals defense is garbage. Um, speaking of garbage defense, on Johnson only had a 3.1 average. C.J. Anderson had a 3.2 average rushing the ball. Not very impressive against, again, not a very good Cardinals defensive front. Um, after the Detroit Lions, we have the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders have not played yet, but I'm still feeling relatively confident about that. So I guess sort of to recap so far, having beaten the Bears and watched everybody else, the Vikings are beatable, but that's going to be tough. Uh, we haven't seen the Broncos yet. The Eagles definitely have shown to be beatable, but that's going to be tough. Dallas Cowboys are the, the one I'm so far the, the most worried about because it's on the road. The offense looked good. The offensive line looked incredible. I mean, Dak Prescott had all day to throw in that pocket. Um, and again, I do respect their defense. It's not a it's not a perfect defense, but the linebackers they got an elite pass rusher. 
etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, Detroit Lions, I'm feeling fairly confident in. It's not a, it's not a gimme, but I think that's a win. And then the Oakland Raiders, um, again, we haven't seen them yet, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be a win. After that, however, the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's in Kansas City. Pat Mahomes, if there was any hope that he would regress, uh, 25 completions, 378 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, I, I guess as far as a Mahomes outing goes, that's that's a pretty, I mean, that was basically what uh, Matt Stafford had. So as far as Mahomes goes, that's a garbage outing, but it's still a really good outing. Uh, LaShawn McCoy obviously goes to the Chiefs, and he had a fantastic day because he's a, still a very good running back. 10 carries, 81 yards. And uh, Sammy Watkins, who ended up being the number one wide receiver when Tyreek Hill went down with an oh-so-unfortunate injury. It's, it's such a shame to see him with an injury and have to go to the hospital and be tended to. Um, but, you know, hopefully he'll be just fine. Anyway, Sammy Watkins comes in, nine receptions, 198 yards and three touchdowns. He just took over the game. Travis Kelsey, three receptions, 88 yards. So still a very dominant offense. However, the silver lining here, the Jaguars, minus their quarterback, put up 26 points on the Chiefs. Gardner Minshew was 22 of 25. Let me say that again. Gardner Minshew was 22 of 25 for 275 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Nick Foles only threw eight passes, managed five completions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. This is not a good defense. Leonard Fournette, 13 carries, 66 yards, which is a 5.1 average. Uh, DJ Chark, which always makes me think of that dumb song, but he had four receptions, 146 yards, and a touchdown. DJ Chark from Gardner Minshew. Again, garbage defense. Chris Conley, who? I don't know. Chris Conley, six receptions, 97 yards, and a touchdown. James O'Shaughnessy. Had four receptions and 32 touchdowns. D.D. Westbrook, five receptions. Leonard Fournette, four receptions. And Jeff Swaim, four receptions. I'm going through all the guys that had receptions just to show you how ridiculous it is that there's this many yards and this many three touchdowns. D.J. Chark, Chris Conley, and D.D. Westbrook had touchdowns. Not one of these guys is an impressive uh, football player with the exception of Leonard Fournette, who is not even a a good receiving threat. He's just a a between-the-tackles pounder. So, you know, it's going to be tough to corral the Chiefs' offense, but if their defense doesn't find a way to improve, this is going to be a terrible year for the Chiefs because that is a really, really embarrassing situation. To give up 26 points, putting up 40 on the Jaguars' defense, all the credit in the world, that's incredible. Chiefs' offense is going to be nearly impossible to stop until somebody stops it, in which case you're doomed because, again, he gave up 26 points to Gardner Minshew. And DJ Chark. That's trash, bruh. Uh, the next week, we've got the L.A. Chargers. Um, they've got a great group of, of pass rushers. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa both had sacks. Um, Austin Eckler, who I mentioned, just went absolutely wild. Uh, similar stat line for Phillip Rivers, 25 of 34. 333 yards and three touchdowns, adding a pick. Austin Eckler, who did a... He must have had a... Yeah, it was a lot of it was receiving, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on for him. He only had 12 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown, but he had six receptions for 96 yards and two touchdowns. So that's going to be a big thing. Also going to be something to kind of keep an eye on. It'll be interesting because um, the Bears, I don't think, did a ton with you know throwing to guys like Tariq Cohen out of the backfield. I mean, Tariq Cohen was basically just a wide receiver. It'll be a little bit interesting to see if we're just going to stick with the whole you know Blake Martinez is our only linebacker. And, you know, I don't know. 
either Amos goes in the box or Raven Green goes in the box. You know, how, how are we going to be able to handle guys like Austin Eckler as receivers? Cricket's still going strong, so that's cool. But uh, outside of that, Keenan Allen, eight receptions, 123 yards and a touchdown. He's going to be tough to corral. Hunter Henry, four for 60. Uh, they also got Mike Williams, who was relatively quiet, but he's a good wide receiver. Travis Benjamin is there. I mean, it's just it's a pretty stacked team, at least offensively. Again, defensively, they, they had a lot going on. But, um, you know, 24 points at the end of the day uh, with, with the offense that the Colts have currently, I don't know that I'm overly impressed by that. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of, I guess, sort of like the Packers' defense of the past, which is to say you got a couple playmakers that make plays, but still at the end of the day you, you can't quite close it out. Um, I, I don't know how you have guys that do as well as they did. You know, again, Joey Bosa, a sack. Uh, Melvin Ingram, a sack. Tons of tackles for a loss. Casey Hayward with a pass deflection. But you still got Jacoby Brissett and one wide receiver um, going off for 24 points, which really is what it was. It was it was T.Y. Hilton, eight receptions, 87 yards, two touchdowns. Marlon Mack um, on the ground, 25 carries, 174 yards, and a touchdown. We're not playing them, but still, that, that basically was one really good wide receiver and one really good running back just gouging the Chargers, which is good news because that's kind of what we have. We have one really good wide receiver and one really good running back, and that's kind of it. And I know Packer fans maybe don't want to hear that so much, but until I see otherwise, that's all we got. That's all we seem to have last year. We added zero wide receivers, and um, with this big basket of wide receivers that we're all super excited about, nobody could produce. They basically just double-covered Devontae, and in some situations triple-covered Devontae, and we couldn't do very much, with the exception of Marquez a couple times. So, anyways, Chargers are a pretty good team. That's going to be a tough uh, tough matchup for sure, and that's on the road. We're at 25 minutes. Let's take a quick break, and we'll go through some of the other observations. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Our Week 10 matchup is going to be against the Carolina Panthers. Um, they were straight trash, and I know because my quarterback, as I said, is Cam Newton. And, um, you know, just couldn't do anything. A single thing he couldn't do. Now, Christian McCaffrey, who is on the other side, in other words, I'm going up against Christian McCaffrey in my fantasy football league, he had 19 carries for 128 yards and two touchdowns. Cam Newton, 239 yards and a pick, because he's a big old bum that I decided to put my faith in, because, oh, he's still a good fantasy producer. Nope. Cam Newton, three carries for negative two rushing yards. Way to go, dude. I don't like him. And and listen, the Rams aren't very good defensively. By the way, I saw Clay Matthews had a sack, and he learned how to 
uh, sack and roll. That was a nice roll from Clay. He must have been working on that all offseason. But, uh, you know, the bottom line here is the Rams putting up 30 points. And I don't know the Rams have a really good offense, but if the Panthers have anything, it's it's a, a solid defense, typically. I mean, their defensive front isn't much anymore. But it's kind of a question of what is their defense going to be. The Rams kind of made quick work of that. It didn't seem like they had a lot of, you know, struggle putting up 30 points. And uh, the Panthers put up 27 again, which isn't necessarily nothing. But again, 239 yards through the air, um, and Christian McCaffrey basically just did the rest. The only other somewhat notable person would be uh, wide receiver DJ Moore, who had seven receptions for 76 yards. But looking at this with the Packers matchup, the, the Packers defense, in my belief at this particular point in time, we got to see what happens. But I think we're going to be much better than what the Rams are. I know they have Aaron Donald, but they don't have really any other defensive linemen. They don't have very good pass rushers. They don't have very good linebackers. You know, it is what it is. I mean, Corey Littleton had two two pass deflections. Akib Talib had one. I don't even know who Corey Littleton is. Clay Matthews had a sack. Dante Fowler had two sacks. Neither of those guys are very good pass rushers. So, and again, I know it's week one. We'll see what happens as time goes on. Panthers may start to figure it out. But if they're playing at that same level by the time we get to them, I don't think we're going to have a problem. So hopefully the Panthers, and I know, again, 27 points seems, you know, 27-30 looks like a really close game. But, I mean, it's just, it's not going to be good enough. Cam Newton specifically has to be a lot better because, you know, I'm not sure run the ball to victory because we need our guy to get 150, 200 yards and two touchdowns every game is really going to pan out all that well. Don't think it's going to work against the Packers, I can tell you that. So that'll be a home game, and then we've got our bye. So again, to recap, um, going up to the Oakland Raiders where I said we've got a win there. Uh, Kansas City and the Chargers are going to be very, very tough games on the road. If we can just get one win out of those two road games, I'm feeling real good because then I think we can come back home beat the Panthers, and get a bye. So we've got one win. If between the Vikings, Broncos, and Eagles we get two wins, I mean, obviously I would like to get three, but two would be pretty solid. Then we're three and one. If we beat the Lions and the Raiders, I'm skipping over the Cowboys for now. We're five and one. Split with the Chiefs and Chargers, we're six and two. Beat the Carolina Panthers, we're seven and two. So even if we lose to the Cowboys, we're seven and three. That's not bad going into the bye, especially when you look at what's coming up. 49ers, Giants, Redskins, Bears again, and then Vikings and Lions. Um, Of that group, really, it's just the Vikings and Bears that are scary. And we already beat the Bears, and this time the Bears are at home. So, you know, again, the the tough part is really going to be prior to the bye, the the time that we're in now between the Vikings, Broncos, and Eagles. we, We really need to find a way to pull out at least two. Cowboys will be a really big game, but even if we lose it, we're still in relatively good shape. If we can beat the Lions and the Raiders, which I think we can, we need to find a way to, to split at least between the Chiefs and the Chargers. And then again, really, we need to be able to beat the Panthers, which I think we can. So depending on how good the offense can be and, and turning this thing around, and, and by the way, I, I don't know if I mentioned it yet. I think I did. Um, my last video was uh, watching the Packers offensive scheme, and I really had a lot more confidence in um, in the offense after watching it because they were they were very close to being really good it was just a matter of oh man if if that pass was in a different spot or you know if the timing was just a little better or again if the Bears defense wasn't quite as good I think the offensive production would have been night and day better and all these things are things that you would expect to get better but anyways week 12 against the San Francisco 49ers the 49ers absolutely went off on the Buccaneers which you know I don't mean to just constantly put down everybody we're going up against to give false hope 
but from what I can tell, the Buccaneers were just straight-up trash, which is to be expected. I didn't expect the Buccaneers to be very good. I just did my mock draft yesterday and had them taking a new quarterback because I don't think it's going to work. Surprise, surprise, by the end of the day, Jameis Winston's stat line, 20 of 36 for 194 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. He gone. He's gone. I mean, listen, I don't think Bruce Arians wanted him. There was a lot of talk about that, that he didn't want him to begin with. But um, I think he's doing his best. He's realizing this isn't going to work, and he will be getting a new quarterback next year. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, on the flip side, I don't know that he's a good quarterback either. I've, I've been kind of wondering about that. You know, he, he kind of flashed with the Patriots, but he didn't, you know, I mean, he's just a backup. Then he goes to San Francisco, and he absolutely tears it up for the, the second half of the year, and it's like, oh, wow, maybe he is really good. He hasn't been good since, and I know he's been injured a lot, but every time we see him, it's like, well, that wasn't good. And he just plays not very good, and then he gets hurt, and it's like, well, maybe it was a fluke because it was kind of whatever. Comes back around again, week one, and he was having a terrible training camp, and everybody's been making fun of him because his training camp is terrible, and it's like, why are you so bad? And he's like, oh, I'm because I'm throwing into coverage, you know, I'm just I'm I'm trying to practice and all that. And it's like, all right, cool, maybe practice being good, I don't know. And he comes out, 18 completions, you know, 27 attempts, but. Man, 18 completions is, regardless of how many attempts, that's really low. I mean, it, over this was almost worse than what Jameis did, except for the interceptions. But 18 completions of 27 attempts, only 166 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. That's just, that's garbage. I mean, of the 31 points that they got, Richard Sherman had a pick six. Akello Witherspoon had a pick six. Otherwise, again, Jimmy Garoppolo threw one touchdown. Seriously, where did all these points come from? I cannot find it anywhere. Looks like Robbie Gold had three field goals, so that's nine points. Well, I guess that's 30, isn't it? I don't know where 31 comes from, but whatever. My math is off somewhere, apparently. Maybe they went for two at some point? I don't know what's going on. Either way, it's a very deceptive um, It's a very deceptive stat. The Buccaneers are not good. Jimmy Garoppolo was not good. Um, Tevin Coleman, who was their primary running back, got hurt, and he was only averaging 3.1 or 3.8 yards per carry. Matt Breida, who was the guy that I drafted, who was the the lock number one running back, blah, 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 bunch of liars. He only came in after Coleman got hurt. He's averaging 2.5 yards per carry against the Buccaneers defense, which is not very good. And otherwise, it was just a bunch of pick sixes that uh, got him points. So again, very deceptive. I thought the 49ers looked like garbage. Um, and unless they can turn that around, I think the Packers are going to trounce the 49ers. Because Aaron Rodgers is not going to be gifting three interceptions in a game. Sorry to tell you 49ers fans. Um, on the somewhat positive note, it looked like Nick Bosa had a decent day. Um, and D. Ford is still a decent pass rusher, although he's still garbage against the run. So that'll be something to exploit. Uh, next on the docket, week 13, we've got the New York Giants. That is on the road. We will have to see what happens as far as when Eli Manning gets replaced. I'm guessing that'll be happening by the time we see the Giants. Either way, I'm not overly worried. Um, the Giants' defense, as I said, is just, it's so bad. Um, you know, we might have a hard time stopping Saquon, and their offense might be able to rumble for some points and, and be able to frustrate the Packers a little bit. But I, I just, I don't see any situation in which we can't score more points than the Giants, that our offense can't overcome their defense to a larger degree than their offense can overcome our defense. Because really, you know, stopping Saquon is going to be the biggest thing. After that, what are they going to do? You know, they've got Evan Ingram. Other than that, it's just a bunch of mediocre. So, you know, I, I don't have a lot to elaborate on. It's just the Giants aren't very good. And unless their quarterback comes in and just starts shredding people, and even then, their defense is still really bad. So I, I see coming out of this bye and winning the next two games 
for sure. And then week 14, we come back home against the Washington Redskins. You know, the fact of the matter is, I don't know how long um, Vernon Davis is going to be healthy. I don't know the last time he made it through a season. It seems like he's always hurt. But, you know, if you take him out of the equation, they, they just don't have anything. They got Darius Geis, who ran for 1.8 yards per carry. He had 10 carries, 18 yards. Well, Case Keenum did actually a pretty decent job, which is sort of his calling card to go somewhere, be the quarterback that nobody wants and nobody likes, do really well, and then get traded away f- to another team for some other guy that they overpay for that isn't very good. But uh, 30 completions, 380 yards, and three touchdowns was his stat line which is really impressive when you're looking at Terry McLaurin, Chris Thompson, Vernon Davis, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, Kelvin Harmon, Darius Geis, and Jeremy Sprinkle. But uh, the main connection was Terry McLaurin, uh, five receptions, 125 yards. But the Eagles, as, as much as their defense is impressive at times, I don't think they have the greatest corners in the world. And again, this is another situation where you basically just have one wide receiver taking over, and also Chris Thompson, who is the the uh, the guy out of the backfield was able to, to manipulate the Eagles to a pretty large degree. And this isn't to say the Packers are, you know, I'm I'm not trying to treat the Packers' defense like it's this new elite, like, they'll never do that against our defense. we got the best defense in the NFL. But but legitimately, I mean, the, we've got the defensive backs now to where we should be able to not be completely taken over by one guy. Ideally, right? I mean, Mike Pettin should be able to um, switch things up a little bit to where if we can take the run away, um, you know, we, we, we should be able to figure out how to stop one guy. Because in reality, compared to the Bears, I mean, the, the Redskins, as far as I know, don't quite have as good an offensive line. They might have a better running back, but um, not by much. And obviously, they had a hard time running the ball. Their wide receiver situation or their receiver situation is even worse than the Bears. And their defense is nowhere near as good as the Bears. So just comparing to the team that we've already beat, and this being at home, Again, I, I just think when we come out of this bye, we're just going to come out swinging. And again, we got to see how these teams develop. But the idea that the 49ers, Giants, and Redskins are going to develop into very good teams, maybe the 49ers, Giants, and Redskins, I don't think so. And then we follow that up with the Bears in Week 15. Definitely going to be a tough challenge. We saw this last year where we beat the Bears Week 1, and it was this big hoopla, big deal. But by this time in the year, the Packers were a garbage team, and the Bears were a very good team, and we got trounced. Hopefully that doesn't happen. If things stay relatively consistent, we beat them once, we should be able to do it again. Even if we don't, however, we're coming out of our bye 3-1. Um, and one. Follow that up with the Vikings, who we ever already talked about, and then follow that up with the Detroit Lions, who we already talked about. Um, just looking at the schedule, I think absolute worst-case scenario... I mean, I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't say absolute worst... Absolute worst-case scenario is we end up being as bad as we were last year. But, you know, assuming things kind of go the same way... Absolute worst case scenario, I think this next home stretch would be two losses. We lose to the Vikings and the Eagles, lose to the Cowboys, lose to the Chiefs and the Chargers, lose to the Bears, and lose to the Vikings would be 9-7. and seven. I'm talking worst case scenario, unless things just continue to spiral out of control, the defense isn't that good, and the offense doesn't get any better. If things stay relatively consistent, that is the worst case scenario I can see. The best case scenario, well, the best case scenario is we just don't lose any more games, really. But I guess realistic best-case scenario, as I said, we go two out of three in our, our home stretch. That's three wins. Beat the Cowboys on the road. That's four wins. Beat the Lions is five. Beat the Raiders is six. Split between the Chiefs and the Chargers is seven. Beat the Panthers is eight. Uh, 49ers, Giants, and Redskins is nine, ten, and 11. Split between Bears and Vikings is 12. Beat the Lions is 13. So 
right now, and again, this is assuming the wheels don't just completely fall off, we're between a 9 and a 13 win team. Very early to be making those kinds of declarations, but again, I'm, I'm just looking at it. All right, it. It was somewhat of a tough schedule, but some of the teams that I thought were going to be tough maybe aren't so much. The Vikings are going to be tough, the Eagles are going to be tough, and, and the Broncos might actually be tough. I'm writing them off, but we got to see what they are. That could be a pretty tough defense. Vic Fangio knows the Packers' offense. I mean, he kind of doesn't, but to some degree he does, I guess. The Cowboys could be tough. The Lions, I guess I shouldn't just write off as being an easy win. Um, Raiders, I'm going to write off all day. Carolina Panthers, we still got to see. I'm I'm thinking that's a win at this point. 49ers, we got to see, but I'm thinking that's going to be a three-win stretch between the Niners, Giants, and Redskins. That's one of those. It's kind of like last year, though, we played the Redskins, and that was supposed to be a walk in the park, and they just blew it. Those are the kinds of things that, that make the difference, right? When, when you have a game like that that you need to win, just win it. Because you start losing those games, and it's like, well, now we're kind of doomed. Because there's going to be tough games that we're going to lose, and, and now we got easy games that we need to win and we're losing. We're kind of doomed. So when we play the Broncos at home, we got to beat the Broncos. When we play the Lions at home, we got to beat the Lions. When we play the Raiders at home, we got to beat them. Carolina Panthers at home really need to find a way to win that game. Even if they start stepping it up, we got to beat them. Coming out of the bye, we need to beat the 49ers, the Giants, and the Redskins. After that, if we handle our business, it almost doesn't matter. Because again, at this point, if, if we follow sort of the, the best-case scenario track, or even a somewhat realistic track, we're at what? Probably about 10 wins. So then we need basically one more win to guarantee a playoff spot between the, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions. Bears at home, Vikings and Lions on the road. I don't want to make it seem overly super easy, but this is, again, this is assuming the defense is for real, which is hard to say because it's week one and it was a Bears offense that was garbage. But again, there's a lot of silver linings here. The amount of pressure that we generated from a very good Bears offensive line coming up in big plays, in big situations, is not a Packers staple, and they were able to do that. All um, facets of the game, the interior line, the edge, the linebacker, the corners, the safeties, that's also encouraging that it wasn't like you know one particular facet took over and the rest were garbage. So a lot of, lot of very positive things. But again, we, 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 it's just a matter of being consistent. And I think if, if the Packers can be consistent and the offense can improve, which again, I do think it will, based on the things that I saw, um, again, I, you know, my fear is it's the same old Packers offense. And I am still worried about the fact that, you know, number one, is this offensive line ever going to be able to block better? I mean, obviously we're going to have better success against teams that aren't the Bears, but are they going to figure this run blocking thing out? Because they have to. It's kind of important. And then secondly is the wide receiver situation. Do we have a, a reliable set of wide receivers? I'm not just talking about a wide receiver number two. I'm talking about if Devontae is gone. I mean, for, forget taken away. I mean, what happens if he gets hurt? Do we have guys that actually can step up? Because you look at all these other teams, they're distributing the ball to just a bunch of nobodies. right? They're, they're able to get the ball to this guy, to that guy, to over here, to over... For some reason... For the Green Bay Packers, regardless of the offensive scheme, the, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, Aaron Rodgers is having a hard time getting the ball to anybody not named Devontae Adams with the exception of a couple passes to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You know, where was Geronimo? He was out running routes 22 times. Where was he? Trevor Davis was out running routes 11 times. Where was he? I mean, Jay Kumaro is only out for one snap. Maybe we need to get him out there more often. I don't really know, but somebody's got to do something. 
But anyways, those are really my only two big concerns. That and, of course, the probably the biggest thing at this point is the defense being able to maintain what they were able to do um, because that, that really is going to be the thing that's going to get us another Super Bowl championship. If that defense is for real, another one's coming. It really is. I mean, the, the offense needs to be able to click a little bit better, be able to block better, be able to get the timing better, figure out this offensive system. But again, get enough wins to keep us in the playoff hunt. By the end of the season, if the defense is still what it was against the Bears, and if the offense is starting to click, this is probably our best shot at a Super Bowl since we won the Super Bowl. I mean, the, the defense is just on point, and that is huge when we're talking about playoff football, when we're talking about Super Bowl championships. And again, I know it's ridiculously early to be talking Super Bowl week one, but you know why Aaron Rodgers couldn't get that smile off his face? It's because he knew that the reason he wasn't winning Super Bowl championships is because that there wasn't a defense on this team. And he knows now that he's got one, it's a very real possibility. So anyways, you folks enjoy your Monday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have yourselves a fantastic day. Bye-bye.